Welcome to the Messy Middle Podcast that follows one mom's journey to build a profitable business while navigating the challenges of life. I'm your hostess, Anita Anello, and I'm here to share wisdom, insights, and stories that will empower you to make confident decisions, take actionable steps, and break through the mental barriers that hold you back. Hey everybody, this is Anita Anello, your hostess of the Messy Middle Podcast, one mom's journey to build a profitable business. In this episode, what we're going to talk about is how do you take the six steps that it takes to be able to build a consulting business in 20 hours a week or less. So for those of us that are those successful corporate women of faith, we have some specialized knowledge, and but we also have a desire to build a business based on our skill set, our expertise. We're going to talk about that and break that down for you today in this episode. This is also the beginning of our season two. This is episode two of season two of the podcast. So thank you everyone who's been following along on the journey of building a consulting business and welcome to all who are just getting started and just getting started on listening to the podcast and walking through as I encourage you each and every day on taking practical and tactical steps to be able to build your business and the business of your dreams. So let's get started here and set the stage. I'm going to take this um, topic from a slightly different angle today and talk more about some of like practical steps. And I'm just going to break it down to help us to understand where we are in the process. So you might be on step one and that's great. If that's where you're at, I just want to encourage you just take step one and that'll be your next thing to do. If you're towards the you've launched already and now you're refining and maybe you've launched a business and you've had a couple of clients, but you're looking for more clients, you're probably going to be around the middle of these steps. And so I want you to tune in specifically to that. Maybe you have had some success, but not quite the success that you want in either your time and freedom that you have in your schedule or in your finances and your revenue and your profit margin, either one of those will tackle where you're at in the process as well. We'll talk about those kinds of things. So let's get started on this episode. So the first step that I want you to consider when you're talking about building a consulting business based on what you're already good at. So we know that as women in our career, a lot of times what we have and what I think about is we have maybe hundreds of things that we're good at, right? We're not brand new in our career. We're not just starting out. If you are just starting out, just tune in because there's a lot of wisdom that I'm going to give you today that you can use to help your career go a little bit smoother and reach some of your goals a little bit faster. But some of the things that we want to really consider is when you're just starting out, you really want to identify what that specialized knowledge is, the skill is, of all the things, I always see it like a funnel. At the top of the funnel, I might be good at, I don't know, 300 things. I've been in business for a long time. I've had lots of different jobs. I've worked for different clients. Like I have a lot of skills in a lot of areas, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's my specialized knowledge and the area um, that I want to focus on to build a consulting business because that's where my heart sings. And that's really what we want to focus in on is how do you narrow that funnel to be able to get down to the areas that not only you're really good at, but also bring you joy and delight. And you could do this kind of work no matter what. Um, some people will say you could do the work whether you get paid or not. 
I'm a fan of getting paid. So I'm going to focus on some of those kinds of things. But really what I would recommend you do is you take an inventory and I'm a huge list builder. So if I were just starting out or when I was even just starting out, I started to make a list of some of the skills that I was really good at. And I would, for me, I would probably list out the skills that I was an expert at. And some of the things that I found, like I journaled, I remember journaling at one point, almost like my resume, writing out different jobs and different companies that I had worked for or different roles I had in when I was in the corporate space. And I started really assessing and making note of the jobs that I really liked and the ones that really got me up in the morning and got me excited to go and do what I wanted to do. And so that was the first step as I really started taking an inventory of my expertise uh, that I gained from the corporate space. And I started listing those out. And then I started coupling those with the areas that I really loved doing because please hear me on this. You don't want to go out and build a consulting business on something that you might really good at, but you hate doing. So don't do that. That would be a big mistake because all you're doing in that case is maybe you have a job that you're really good at, but you hate the work or maybe you don't like the boss or whatever it is. In other words, it it just drains you. It exhausts you. It doesn't bring you life. Please don't recreate that job situation in a consulting um, setting because really as an entrepreneur, you have the great opportunity to work. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, we have the opportunity to work more, make less, and then do, if think about it, if you're, you have a job that you don't like, and then you replicate that in the form of consulting business, now you're just doing more of that. And so we really don't want that. So that's both what I'm going to encourage you to do and coach you to do, and then what I'm going to encourage you not to do. So really just consider. The other thing I would consider is, so I have a very specialized knowledge of in the ERP software space of being able to help what are considered escalation um, situations, escalation clients. And those are typically big, like I had worked in the SAP space. So big SAP projects that are either behind schedule or behind on budget and maybe also on the verge of lawsuit. Those are usually the three indicators where I am brought in as an expert. While I, as a consultant, can work on projects for SAP products over and over again, where my heart really sings is like that intersection of there's tension there and there's, I like to be able to mediate with people and help them build a plan to be able to go go forward with wisdom and see all the steps in the project and all the add-on products. I love the challenge of bringing all those pieces and people together and then helping them move forward. That's part of the way that I would describe my expert knowledge or my specialized knowledge. The other thing that I want you to consider in that, just the second point on it, is consider your unique experiences. So what are other unique experiences? So I could be a consultant for SAP, but again, maybe I have had the opportunity to have an experience to work on escalation projects. And so I I would really hone in on that because it's something that I really like. And so you're going to want to build business, not only around what you're good at, like really good expert status, also what you love, but also what makes you unique. Because here's the reality, ladies, nobody else can do what you do. You and I could have the exact same looking resume, but the way that I bring my expertise to the forefront and to the table and serve clients is very different than the way that you do that. And I really want you to hone in on what makes you unique 
And what are some of the things that only you can do to be able to serve your audience or your clients? Um, however you want to look at that. Okay. One of the other points in that you can consider is, is helping yourself kind of niche down to be able to be really specialized. I think that's where there's a saying a long time ago that I heard, uh, and I don't remember off the top of my head right now who said it, but it's really like the riches are in the niches if you decide to pronounce niche that way instead of niche. Honing down and being able to be super specialized and serve a specific client base based on your expert knowledge and your unique experiences is really one of those things that you want to be able to hone in on. Okay. So that's number one is identifying your specialized skills. Uh, Number two is defining that target audience. Here's the thing. This is my opinion of the 8 billion people on the planet. I don't believe that we're actually designed to work with everybody. I don't think so. I don't think that I need to worry about every single client and possible client that is out there. I do know when it comes to marketing and serving. And if I try to serve every single client that's out there, then actually I'm going to water down my services so much so that I'm not going to actually be good at anything. I'm going to be pulled in too many directions. I'm going to not really be specialized. I'm going to become a generalist. And that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about becoming a specialist. So it also relates to your target audience. When I can specifically articulate, again, in the consulting space for me, it's SAP projects that are over time, over budget, probably on the verge of a lawsuit. That's a very specific targeted audience. So picture like a dartboard. You want to start working towards targeting the center of the dartboard, not the outer concentric circles. When I go towards the center of the dartboard and try to define my target audience and articulate that, then actually what will happen is my skill set will go out and I'll capture more clients by targeting. It seems a little bit So the way that God works, it seems a little bit like counterculture or counterintuitive. And you might say, Anito, maybe what if I just try to serve everybody in a general sense? No, what I'm proposing is that you hone in so clearly that you go straight for your target audience. And then actually as a natural occurrence of what happens when you serve your audience, you will pick up other clients that are outside of your target audience. And then if you can, and if you want to, then you serve them as well. So getting super clear on your target audience, I would also recommend that you write it down. Maybe take a pen and a piece of paper and write in about three sentences or something like this. This is the audience that I serve. This is why I serve them. This is how I serve them. This is what the transformation is that they get. And then you can also add a little sentence in for yourself. And and this is why it serves me as well. That's actually five sentences there that I'm recommending, but write down your target audience, who it is that you serve, why you serve them, what value you bring to them and, and how you serve them. The how is actually the least important part. So just let me break that myth. If I serve them in an online capacity or a face-to-face capacity or through courses or through whatever that medium is, that's actually one of the least important elements because that's just the tool and how you deliver your services. What you want to really focus on is who you're serving, why you're serving them, and what transformation you bring to them. That's going to help you write your copy that says, this is the value and transformation I bring to somebody else. That's what really draws people in is when I focus on others and focus on how I serve my target audience, 
that's actually how I serve more people instead of focusing on myself and what I bring to the table. Okay, so moving on to our six steps, we're now on step number three. So again, you might be anywhere in the spectrum of building this process. Number three is creating a plan, a business plan. You're going to be able to create a plan to identify a couple of things. We talked about two of them already, right? Your What are going to be your consulting services? What's going to be your, who's going to be your target market? But I also would include like your financial goals and then also create a roadmap. And in that roadmap, I'd identify the amount of time, the days, that you're going to work. In other words, carve out your time so that you're saying, okay, I know that I have to dedicate whatever your schedule is during the week. Let's just pretend it's, you have to dedicate 40 hours a week to somebody else's business. But then I'm also going to say, if I was doing 20 hours, maybe I'm doing, maybe I'm doing some small blocks of time every single night when, after my kids are gone to bed or, or something like that. Or maybe I'm working on longer blocks of time and that's part of my plan. Or maybe I do all day Saturdays or something like that. In other words, start to think of in your business plan where the hours are going to work out. We will do a, a separate episode. Probably one of the next episode we'll do is then once you have that time mapped out, what exactly are you going to be doing within that time frame? So that look for that in a future podcast episode. So developing a plan, there's lots of different elements of the business plan. You have your, your, not only your target audience and what your services are and your financial goals and then your schedule that you're going to follow. But then also you want to include in there what's your go to market strategy? How are you going to connect with people that you already know? Those kinds of things. So super important to map out a plan to acquire your customers and do that part first so that you have the ability because everything in our business, ladies, change when we start to have income. We just have so much more time and money when we have we have so much more time when we have money to have some freedom. And that actually helps us to be able to move forward, builds our confidence, all sorts of things. Okay, step number four is build your brand and your online presence. I'm looking through some notes as I'm going through this podcast just to remind myself of my talking points and so I can stay on task and not go down like a rabbit hole. I'm going to switch some of these up a little bit. What you want to do is you want to figure out just like you have in your corporate career. I can guarantee, I can bet you, you're known for something. You're known for being associated with a company and doing a specific job or having a, a certain amount of success within and like inside your company and outside your company. You're going to want to do the same thing for your consulting business. You're going to want to know people to know, prospects to know what you're good at. What does your brand represent? Not only the expertise, but what do you stand for? I know that when I wanted to peel away from the corporate space and build a business, a lot of times it was because I wanted more freedom not only in my time, but I wanted more freedom to speak about my faith. I wanted more freedom to um, be able to stand up with integrity. I had, I don't know, you may have experienced, I had worked for some bosses who didn't really have integrity and it uh, always bothered me. Like I, I couldn't go to my prospects and my clients and tell them untruths. I just can't operate that way. And so that was something that was super important to me. And if I had worked or when I worked for a boss or bosses that had maybe like a lower level of integrity, that just didn't sit well with me. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't operate that way. So it was one of those things that I wanted to be known as building a business that was based on my faith 
and speaking the truth about what I believe that God has put in my heart and the way that he's designed me and you as other women of faith. But I also wanted to be able to stand up in integrity and say, not only am I good at these services, but I'm going to deliver such value with such integrity that you're going to walk away from the experience thinking as my client, wow, I was totally transformed by Anita. She made a huge difference in my life for the rest of my life. And she did it with such integrity. I always felt like I could trust her and that everything was on the up. And she really brought a lot of value to the table. And so those were some of the things that I felt were important to me as I was building my brand. Now you also have the ability to build an online presence. So you can use um, social media platforms to showcase your knowledge and engage your audience. And that also builds credibility. When I do a podcast, either as a guest or have guests on or record an episode like this by myself, what I'm doing is I'm building credibility. I'm showing social proof that I know what I'm talking about and that I bring value to others because that's always my heart is I want to be able to be a servant leader and serve others along the way. Now you do need a professional website. I would actually challenge you in saying it's probably not the first thing you need. We'll talk about what the first thing is you need in just a couple of minutes, but it is going to need to be in the mix. There's a lot of great tools that are out there. If you uh, are looking for some affiliate links, I personally use ClickFunnels in my business to be able to attract in new prospects and new clients and then nurture them in that process. And I'll post a link in the show notes. I'll make a little note here to post a link in the show notes uh, for a ClickFunnels link to be able to start using that software with a little bit of a discount. Okay. So building your brand and online presence, that's step number four. Step number five is implementing effective time management strategies. So we touched on this a little bit, but I want to break it down a little bit more because I think this is where a lot of us get hung up. So we're working full-time, whatever your definition of full-time is, that is totally up to you to decide. And we have this idea, this stirring, this desire to be able to build a business. So what do I do with that? And then how does that actually work it out in the way of my time management? So I'm a huge fan of time blocking so that at last and with time blocking, prioritizing my tasks and what that does. So time blocking is a concept that a lot of people use, a lot of people talk about instead of having, let me just explain that real quick. If you're not familiar with that terminology, instead of trying to bounce back and forth between, okay, I do emails and then I pick up a call from a client and then I try to work on my website and then I try to put, produce some content. And then I like, <laughs> in other words, I bounce around during the day uh, on all these different tasks that actually causes a lot of decision fatigue. It causes a situation where I never really feel like I'm getting any one thing done or moving forward in any tangible way. So instead, I block out a chunk of time. Now, the chunk of time can be up to you. That's totally at your discretion, depending on what you have available. But I'll use some examples on what I do. So maybe let's say I block out a two-hour block of time where I am going to work on producing content for the week. So on Mondays, I record my podcast and I go through the process of determining what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it, what are going to be the points I'm going to cover, and then I'm going to start the recording process. I'm just giving you super high level. And then from there, my team is going to block out some time and they're going to take our content and they're going to slice it up and share it all across social media. If you follow me on any of the platforms, LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, any of those platforms, you'll see that our content 
on our YouTube channel. Like it's, it goes in long form content and small, shorter form content so that we can serve audiences at all different levels and meet everybody where we're at. But in order to do that, what I do is I prioritize the tasks and then break down that workload into manageable chunks so that I can maximize my productivity. So it's important that I not only have the time blocked out, but as I'm going into that time, I've determined already that these are the tasks that I'm going to complete when I sit down to go and do that piece or that block of time for that schedule. So for me, that's been super valuable. Here's the flip side. And I've done this before. All of this is, these are all experiential for me. Just to tell you, so sometimes I blocked out the time on my calendar. Let's say I'm going to reach out to clients, but I don't have a plan going into that block of time to reach out to clients. Then I sit down and I'm not really sure who I'm going to call first. And then that can work its way out to maybe let me just check some email and then let me check my calendar and blah, 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 blah. Next thing, that two hour block of time that I laid out is completely disappeared because I didn't use the time wisely. I'm a huge fan of using wisdom and specifically godly wisdom in uh, laying out our day and laying out my business so that when I sit down, I get the most amount of really the bang for, for my time. So I create a schedule and then I also prioritize the task. Now, the other part of the task that I want to say, because I am totally guilty of this, I love tasks. I love lists. I love thinking that when I wake up in the morning that I can do 20 things that day when in reality I have time to maybe successfully complete two big tasks, maybe three if I'm lucky or if I've really planned well. It's not luck. It's really good planning. And yeah, that's just the way my brain works. I wake up, especially if I'm super rested, I'm excited about the day. I think, oh my gosh, today's going to be the day I can handle all these tasks. And then what I do is I will do my Bible study in the morning. I will pray about how the Holy Spirit is leading me. And then I'll ask, I'll ask God, Lord, I know that I can do all these 20 things. Can you help me narrow it down so that I only get to focus on what's effective for today? It also helps to combat worry and anxiety and a feeling like I've not done enough. And it really helps me to feel more confident at the end of the day when I, again, when I effectively manage my time by blocking it and determining ahead of time and prioritizing my tasks. That for me has proven to be not only successful in getting the task done, but also brings my confidence up and my anxiety down. And those are two things that for me are super important because I want to be able to walk through having a profitable, successful business with peace. I don't want to have a profitable, successful business with worry and anxiety and stress and feeling like I'm never getting anything done because probably my business is not going to be profitable at that spot. Just a little side note there on the ways that it works itself out for me. Okay. Rounding out the episode with step number six, that's marketing and networking. So here's a couple of things that I want to say on this topic. There's lots of different ways you can market and network. There's lots of different ways that are expensive and not effective. There are lots of different ways that are, I can do that and I can, other people can walk away from the conversation feeling like they haven't been served, but they've been used because all I went to them is asked for 
a referral or business or anything like that. What I'm not talking about any of that in here, ladies. What I'm talking about is developing a marketing strategy to promote your services and reach your target audience in the form of serving. So I think that serving always comes first. That's my belief. That's what I see modeled in God's word for me. If you don't read God's word every day, no, no worries. Like whatever framework you use to be able to filter and understand your life and what makes sense to you, that's fine. I'm just always going to put things in the framework of what God's word says. So here's what I do know. When I come to the conversation, any conversation with a prospect or a friend or a networking event or anything, when I come simply wanting and trying to serve somebody else, the conversation usually naturally flows in the direction of then I get an opportunity to talk about myself. But see what I'm doing there, ladies, is I'm trying to serve somebody else first. I'm interested. I'm more interested in somebody else first than trying to be more interesting. I am reaching out to people to connect people. And I use LinkedIn a lot. You guys see me a lot on LinkedIn because that's where most of my people are. And I can, I'm involved in lots of industry specific forums. And what I do in there is I don't just jump into forums trying to take. What I do is I try to jump into the forums and be part. I'm prescriptive in the communities that I belong to, to be able to build long-term relationships, to be able to serve others first, to be able to be more interested in people than interesting and show up on social media and say, Hey, it's Anita. It's all about me. I don't want to do that. I, I try not to do that. I work very, I feel like I work very hard to serve others first. And then I also know that as I serve, I have an opportunity for prospective clients to come up and say, wow, you really like in one conversation, you totally changed my life. I was coaching three clients yesterday. Each one of them walked away from the conversation saying things like, Wow, Anita, I never looked at it that way. Thank you for the wisdom. Wow, Anita, you gave me such insight. I couldn't even see where I was blocked and now I see a clear path forward. Or, wow, Anita, I like thank you for letting me just talk through my worries and my anxieties. And in doing that, then I was able to actually hear the wisdom that you had to offer because before I was all consumed about what my problem was. And so see the difference there is being able to go in and like I said, just serving people. And this can be at events, this can be at conferences, this can be in online events, in-person events, it can be in communities, it can be a church, it could be in your, as you go out to dinner and meet with um, friends and relatives, like you can use this method of serving other people first everywhere in your life. And I don't, hear me on this, I don't mean serve others first like you never get the opportunity to talk about what you do. That's not what I'm talking about at all. Or waiting around saying, gosh, I serve these 10 clients, but I'm not charging anything for anybody. That happens when we move over to consulting service. We can have a tendency to coach our faces off or consult our faces off and then all, not really see a difference in our bank account. I'm not saying allow people to use you or overstep the, bound, the healthy boundaries of your the goodness in your heart and serving others. What I'm saying is when we have initial conversations and start the conversation out serving. Hey, Anita, tell me more about your services. Okay, let's book some time. 
let's turn this into a business and book some time. We're not talking about sitting around at a Bible study and for 12 weeks coaching all of these ladies, but not getting paid for that and walking away going, wow, that was great. Your ministry is amazing. Thank you for helping me. Then you can't pay your mortgage or something like that. What I'm talking about is setting up a scenario where yes, you're serving first, but then you're also inviting people in to have a deeper experience. And then that deeper experience looks like maybe more of a 15 minute call. And then you move them to a spot where they're moving into a paid offer or something like that. So don't misunderstand. We're just all serving all of the time and then we're not getting paid for any of that. You, there has to be a process. So back up to the business process. I draw people in at and serve them. Then I invite them into a conversation when it makes sense to do that. And then I invite them into naturally, usually what happens is they ask about how can they work with you further? That's what happens to me a lot. And then that is, then we're moving, transitioning into talking about a paid offer. Uh, so that's a progression that you're going to want to follow and you can follow so that at the end of the day, um, you have a viable business. Cause here's the thing. If I'm just coaching or consulting all of my prospects all day long, and I'm not getting paid for that, there's no time, there's no exchange for the value that I bring for money, then that's actually just a hobby. It's not a business. And I want to be able to build a business. I want to be able to build, build a business so that I can have success in the areas that I want to see. And because I'm dedicated to that, I want to continue to learn more and have profit come into my business so that I can take care of my employees well, take care of my household well, so that I can give and be generous and all the things that I love to do. In order to do that, we need to have money coming into the business. So that's our episode for today. Just give you a quick recap of everything that we talked about. So as I recap, what I want you to listen for is what step you're on and what's the next step that you need to take. So number one is identify your specialized knowledge and skill as you're building your business in 20 hours a week or less. Number two is defining your target audience. Number three is create a plan. Number four, build your brand, your online presence. Those all go together. Number five, effectively manage your time. Number six, market and network strategically. So you're spending the right time with the right prospects and then leading them down the right path to go from I'm serving you on a free basis to I'm serving you in a paid for basis. So ladies, know that this process of building a business, it's a journey. It's totally a journey. So whatever your step, whatever step you're on in the journey, just own that and take the next right step of integrity. Know that in, in our business, we're always praying for you. We're always hoping uh, to be able to bring and deliver excellent service and excellent value in each of these podcast episodes and also give you the practical and the tactical steps to be able to move forward. So bless you today as you go along your journey of transitioning from your full-time job over to your entrepreneurial endeavors. And if it's something that you want to be able to reach out, you have either questions of anything that we talked about on the podcast, there'll be some links down below that you can use or if you're interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one to be able to build your business, by all means, go ahead and reach out. And I'd love the opportunity to just have a conversation with you, nothing else. So be well, ladies, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. 
Thank you for joining us today on the Messy Middle Podcast. We hope this episode has inspired, encouraged, and equipped you to navigate the challenges of building a profitable business while balancing the demands of your work life, your faith, and motherhood. We would love to hear from you. Connect with us on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or at our website, therippleeffect.net to share your thoughts, questions, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. You can also find us at anitaanello.com. Until then, be well and know that we are cheering you on.